Amen. That's a hope we have. Peace in the valley. I'm going to be taking my scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 17. I'll be starting at verse 16. 17, 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, What will this babbler say? Others some, He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. This was Paul's second missionary trip, and we find him in Greece. I didn't say the name of that place very well. I even practiced it before church, and it didn't work very good. That's usually how it works. This is Mars Hill. That's easier to say. That's what the Romans called it. And uh, at this place, it's a huge rock, 370 feet high above the city. Under Greek rule, this was where the highest court was for Greece, for civil, criminal, and religious matters. Uh, During this time, when Paul was there, it was under Roman rule, and it was still a place where they would debate philosophy, religion, and the law. We heard about the Epicureans and the Stoics. So these were philosophers, of course, that had certain beliefs and certain things they believed. So the Epicureans believed that God existed, but that he was not interested or involved with humanity at all, and that the main purpose of life was pleasure. Enjoy life. Sound familiar? Stoics, they believe God was the world's soul, and their goal, the goal of life, was to rise above all things so that one showed no emotional response to either pain or pleasure. We think of someone being stoic. They have that look where they just look unmoved. That was the stoics. But what's interesting is they, they heard Paul preaching, and they called it babbling, But at the same time, they were curious. What's this about? It was something new, so certainly they were going to listen to it because that's all they wanted to hear was new things. So he was invited to Mars Hill. On his way there, he encounters an altar to the unknown God. Well, that... Paul was a wise man. He found an opening. And he uh, began to preach to them 
about this unknown God. And he would talk to them about the God who created everything there it is. It's a beautiful sermon. But I would like to focus on a spe- one verse in particular to start with. Verse 26. So same chapter. We're going to move to the 26th verse. This is speaking of God. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. One blood. Paul's trying to make a point here that God is the God of all. We're all one blood. We heard this morning about Adam and Eve. We all come from that same lineage all the way back to Adam. One blood. I want to turn to Acts 10. This is Peter speaking. Verse 34. Peter had had a vision and then was invited to a place to speak to Gentiles about Christ. Peter wasn't sure he should be preaching Christ to the Gentiles at all. But here in the 34th verse we read, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. It didn't matter. Jew, Gentile, this, this gospel was for the whosoever will, as we hear many times around here. This was a new revelation to Peter. It isn't to us. We understand this. But in our own human frailty, we find ourselves sometimes we might make a decision or a judgment based on tangible things or what we see. We understand that God looks on the heart, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that same thing. The gospel is for whosoever will. And we need to understand that in two ways. We need to understand that as Christians, that it's for whosoever will. We don't want to prejudge or determine who we share the gospel with. It's for everyone. But at the same time, we, there's this thing called self-talk. You've heard of that, right? We can tell ourselves sometimes, well, that's not for me. We can talk ourselves out of something. Don't, be, don't judge it for yourself yet until you've tried it. Our humanity gets in our way. It's, it always has. It gets in my way all the time. I remember when I first came to the tabernacle across the street. I had a whole lot of things on board then. You could call it humanity, you could call it cares of life, whatever you want. I came in there. I loved what I heard. I heard the gospel. I heard testimonies. 
I heard a wonderful orchestra. I heard singing. It was something I'd never experienced before in my life. But I left the same way I came. And I stayed that way for a long time. I made excuses. It's not for me. I could never do that. Self-talk. I had already decided and judged in my own mind what I could and could not do. We even heard that today. How can I keep what I've just professed I've received? Well, it's not up to us to keep it. We rely on the Lord. And that, that's the beauty of the gospel is we don't do it ourselves. We have someone to lean on. But we tend to look at what someone does, what someone has, who someone is, or maybe even who someone knows. I'm working with someone right now who is a student teacher, trying to help him learn how to be a teacher. He tends, he tends to be a name dropper. Bless his heart. Right now he thinks it's about who he knows. He'll learn. But we know people like that. Some people think that's, that's the way to get ahead. That's the way to be successful. That's the way, that's, that's kind of what, the way we think as human beings. We need, we want to get ahead. We want to be comfortable. How about David? We know the story about David. It starts with the, with Samuel, the prophet, having to find a new king. Saul had kind of blown it. And so Samuel was concerned and wasn't sure what to do. And God said, go see Jesse. He's got some sons. So if we look in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6, And it came to pass when they were come that Samuel looked on Eliab. And said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. That's settled. How easy was that? Verse 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Perception is really all it is, is perception. It's not reality. I love Brother Wayne's story that he tells. He was at the altar, and the altar worker says, Are you saved? And his only answer he could come up with, I'm Rich Butler's son. I know him. In fact, he's my dad. Well, we know that wasn't enough, right? But it's where we go. Well, I know so-and-so. What about Jonah? He was faced with a, an awesome task, really. I might have run away, too. The Ninevites weren't very nice people. In fact, they were very cruel to the Jews specifically. 
And no, no doubt he feared them. He also hated them. We find that out as you read through the book of Jonah. He wasn't very happy about how things went. When he went to when he finally did figure out he needed to go preach to Nineveh and did, he really didn't want to because he knew God was faithful to his word, and if they repented, he would forgive them. And Jonah wasn't interested in that necessarily. He was more interested in the, if you don't repent, you'll be destroyed. He liked that part. He liked that part a lot. That would be justice in his mind. But they repented. God forgave them. And the only person that you really read about in the book of Jonah that ends up in a bad condition is Jonah himself. Because he still hated them. He was still angry. And he was angry with God because of it. It's not who we are, but how we are. I want you, let's look in Luke. These are familiar stories to most of us. Chapter 18. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as is publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. He prayed thus with himself. That always catches my attention. That prayer never got past the top of his head. In fact, he was looking at the publican more than he was looking up. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That publican had quite a bit to lose. He was pretty wealthy, probably. Well off. Had a great deal of power. But he was willing to give that up to have a relationship with God. The Pharisee had plenty to give up to, to lose too. Prestige, power. And he didn't want to give that up. He looked the part. He was a Pharisee. Look who he is. But he didn't come how he was supposed to. The publican did. When you come how God wants you to, you will be justified. You will find the answer to your prayer. Naaman, a mighty man, captain, that's what he was. He ended up bringing a whole lot of money and a bunch of other things to be healed of his leprosy. Then he was told to go wash in the dirty Jordan and got angry. Still a mighty man, but turned things around, 
I think he was on a horse, I'm not sure. But he's leaving the residence of Elisha, going his own way. But then he decided, with some help, decided he would go to the Jordan anyway. The only thing that changed was where he was. Instead of being on the road home, he was in the River Jordan. Where he was changed his life. He was still a mighty man, that never changed. But he was healed because he went where he was supposed to go. There is a great deal of attention being put on identity these days. We read through God's Word, talks a lot about you can't take anything with you. We want to lay up our treasure in heaven. Everything that possibly could happen here stays here. We may use our identity for positive things or negative things. Sometimes it's used to gain things, and sometimes it's used to give excuse for our behavior or for things that we're doing. I'm from a divorced home. There were things I did. I acted out. And that was my excuse. Didn't make it right. We can justify anything we want. But it wasn't right. God's word demands that we identify with only one. We need to strip away all the other things. I know that I, it's easy for men to identify with their vocation, with their job, with what they do. You ask someone about themselves, they'll probably tell you what they do. They identify with that. Sometimes you might identify with who your family is. Or you might, you know, there's lots of things we could come up with here, but you understand where I'm going. We tend to identify with things around us and make that part of our identity. And the same can be said with the, the even negative things. Again, to excuse behavior, to excuse why we do what we do. But we need to strip all that away because that's not what God's looking at. God's looking on the heart. When we try to hold on to our identities, these, whether it's your job or whether it's because, well, I, this happened to me or that happened to me, and we try to hold on to those things, they say Christianity is a crutch, but those are the crutch. That's the crutch. I'm from a divorced home. That's a crutch. This happened to me. There's another crutch. I'm wealthy. That's, that can be a crutch. We need to identify with Christ crucified. We need to identify with Jesus on the cross. Bleeding and dying for you and me. That's where we identify. At the foot of the cross. Some would say identify with Christ the King. That's later. When we're here on this earth... 
The only one we, we identify with is Christ crucified. If you don't have the hope of heaven in your heart tonight, you can identify with Christ crucified who died on the cross for you. That you could have everlasting life. That you could be forgiven in a moment of time. If you're saved tonight and you're seeking sanctification, maybe you don't understand it very well. I'm in the same place. I wasn't raised in this church. What's sanctification? Identify with Christ crucified. What all did he give for you? When you can get to that point, you can give him everything. It's easy to do when you realize what Christ did for you on that cross. When you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, identify with Christ crucified. That is who you will share with the world. When you're given power to share and to preach and to do whatever you must do for the Lord, we must identify with Christ crucified on the cross and nothing else. It's that simple. I want to go back to Paul. I'll do this in closing. I'm going to start at verse 25. Neither is worshipped with men's hands. This is talking about God again. He's not worshipped with men's hands as though he needed any, anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And then I'm going to go down to verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by what man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and and that he hath raised him from the dead. We serve a risen Savior. He is Christ crucified, but he is risen. Every prayer we pray Every concern we have, we can take to a living, risen Savior who has the power to make a difference in your life. The song is 488. Come to the altar and pray and look and look to the Lord tonight and know He's ready to answer your prayer this very night. 488 is a song.